Today, I want to talk about the potential number one overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. A guy who is seven foot one with a seven five wingspan, the best rim protecting prospect since Anthony Davis. He can grab a rebound and go coast to coast. He can handle the ball like a guard and he can shoot threes on the perimeter and the catch and shoot off step backs and everything. Let's talk about Chet Holmgren because Nolan, I don't think anyone that covers basketball has watched more live Chet Holmgren games than you and I over the past year. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Strictly B Ball podcast. I'm Nolan alongside Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal because oh, wow. um, this is episode six of yes, our podcast. Sir. We're on a roll with this stuff, and I don't think we've done a podcast topic yet that excites me more than what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Today, I want to talk about the potential number one overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. A guy who is seven foot one with a seven five wingspan, the best rim protecting prospect since Anthony Davis. He can grab a rebound and go coast to coast. He can handle the ball like a guard and he can shoot threes on the perimeter and the catch and shoot off step backs and everything. Let's talk about Chet Holmgren because Nolan, I don't think anyone that covers basketball has watched more live Chet Holmgren games than you and I over the past year. So like I said, Chet is a seven foot one inch big who moves, shoots, and handles like a guard and is the best rim protecting prospect in years. But Chet actually has not always been a consensus top five, 10 player in his class. So I want to talk a little bit about his backstory because I'm not sure a lot of people really know his story. He just kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. So obviously, like I said, he hasn't been a top five to 10 player since he was a sophomore like guys like Anthony Davis. Ben Simmons, RJ Barrett, and Zion, and Cade Cunningham, and those guys. Back in elementary and middle school, this is a really interesting story coming from Larry Suggs, who is the father of, of course, Jalen Suggs. Interestingly enough, Jalen and Chet were teammates when they were 10 years old. So this is some really interesting stuff coming straight hmm. from Chet Holmgren's third grade basketball coach. <laughs> so... Larry said the first time Chet showed up at his practice, he showed up in cargo shorts. Oh my gosh. He wasn't very tall for his age, which is pretty crazy because he's, he's now seven foot one, but he showed up in cargo shorts. He never picked up a basketball before third grade kid. He wasn't very tall playing with Jalen Suggs and some pretty talented third graders at the time. So he walks into practice, but Larry Suggs said he tried very hard and that it was interesting to see him still hanging in there with such a talented group of kids. So Chet uh, even said back in his first years playing basketball, he would really only sub into games if his team was up 30 with a few minutes left. And we're talking about the potential number one pick in the NBA draft. He wasn't getting much playing time, elementary school. Okay. So, uh, but according to Larry Suggs, again, Chet was an incredible listener. Suggs also taught him the fundamentals of shooting the ball from the perimeter at an early age. And this is actually super interesting because back then, like I mentioned, Chet was not super tall. Okay. He had to, he had to be a guard. He had to be more so a guard back then, shoot the ball, work on the perimeter. And uh, his coach 
was a very good coach, Larry Suggs. Um, so he really developed ball handling. Um, but keep keep this in mind, and, and you probably already know this, but for those who are listening, his father, David Holmgren, was a seven-foot-tall former Division I basketball player for the University of Minnesota, which is my school. I wish Chet would have gone to the U of M, but yeah, he didn't go first. He didn't follow in the footsteps of his dad. But obviously, genetics are a thing. And when you got a kid who's starting to work on ball handling, he can shoot the ball in the perimeter. I remember there was a quote from from Prince Aligbe, who is his, his high school teammate. He said the first thing he noticed about Chet, I think it was like sixth grade, the kid can shoot. That's what he said about Chet. He didn't notice his height because again, he wasn't that tall at, at that time. But in the year before he entered high school, Chet hit a massive growth spurt of eight inches. <laughs> of eight inches. Oh I think gosh. in one year. That I mean, it's, oh that's approximate, gosh. but eight inches in a year. That boy was sleeping good. He was getting a <laughs> lot. Of, he was sleeping good. So uh, he so doing the math, it says he, he was six nine his freshman year. So he was six one in the eighth grade, which is pretty tall. That's a tall eighth grade. Yeah, but then he puts on eight more inches and he's six nine freshman year. Um, and this was a quote, another quote from this article that I, that I was reading with like quotes from like Larry Suggs and all that. Right. He was a six foot nine freshman running off flare screens and knocking down triples at the varsity level for Minnehaha Academy. So that is when like you're starting to watch a six nine kid hit triples coming off screens like JJ Redick. All of a sudden, you you start to realize, all right, this kid's gonna be pretty good. Yeah, but he still wasn't really a top prospect. I think a lot of people still were concerned about his weight and how skinny he was. And I mean, he was still there was a lot of question marks, and I think there still is a lot of question marks. Obviously, he's projected number one pick, but there was a lot of question marks early on. He was ranked outside the top sixty even after his in his freshman year. He played on a state championship team at Minnehaha alongside Jalen. They won their first title in, in Chet's freshman year. But he really broke out in the summer of 2019 where he went off in the AAU circuits, um, winning MVP of the Under Armour Association tournament, a tournament that I was lucky enough to go to this year. I wish I would have gone a year earlier yeah. uh, and seen Chet there. But um, this is the time period that you can probably remember he goes to this tournament, Under Armour Association, wins MVP. I think they won the title. Um, I think it was Team Sizzle was his AAU team. He continues this summer and goes to a Steph Curry camp. And I think we all remember what happened there. Yep. Chet Holmgren crosses up Steph Curry. And this is kind of like when he, we've known the kid for a while, being grown up 15 minutes from where Chet was playing. But this is where he is just push into the national spotlight. Yeah. Because it's pretty impressive to be a seven foot kid who crosses up Steph Curry at his own camp. And then throw down a dunk right after it. Yeah. That's, that's the first time I really took notice, was, yeah. took notice of him and became aware of Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Of how good he was. Yeah. No, before that I had no idea. Really? Him. Yeah. I had no idea who Chet Holmgren I guess, was. Yeah. I feel like you're more, you know, up to date with the high school guys and like yeah. your knowledge in that sense. Um, but for me, I had no idea who Chet was. I think the reason the reason I knew about him was oh, um, from Minnesota, right? Well, yeah, of course, but also I think um, I tuned into like what he played on ESPN one time before all this because I think Jalen Suggs was going up against 
It was it was some really good team. One of those ESPN high school games. That's like when I first saw him. But okay. yeah, this is like, yeah, even local people like us were started to realize who he was. Um, it was on every single platform. Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, every single Instagram channel. Um, I mean, he was just, yeah, he was just pushing the national spotlight. But it wasn't just that viral clip. Like I said, he was absolutely dominating the AAU circuit. And that summer, which was the summer of 2019, he jumped from the 61st ranked player on 24-7 sports to number four in the country wow. in one summer. I remember after that uh, that clip went viral and everything, I followed him on Twitter. I didn't follow him on Twitter before that. And I remember like that week when he was at in, in Indiana at the Under Armour stuff, he would post every time he got a D1 offer. He'd be like, bless the receiving offer from Texas Tech. Bless the receiving offer. And it was like every 30 minutes. It was like, <laughs> it was like bless the receiving Dude, offer from Texas Tech. It's a yeah. flex at that point. Every single, like literally everyone in the country offered him in like a two week span. That's insane. Like before that, and this is why Minnesota Gopher basketball fans I always thought we had a chance because we were on him early, like yeah. sophomore year, maybe even freshman year. Because obviously- uh, his dad went to the U of M. So we had that. We knew he was, we knew he was good. We knew he was a local kid. We can, we don't need to get into right now how we can get into it a little bit after this. I tell yeah. this story, but um, Richard Patino was a horrible recruiter in state. I don't think he, he did enough to get chat, even though we all believed we could, but yeah, it was, it was wild. His Twitter was a complete flex at that point. Yeah. And you could probably go back and look at it. It was literally, like, I swear, like every every hour he was putting up another tweet saying, bless to receive an offer from do you Gonzaga. Think, do you think he's just like sitting behind his phone, just like laughing at that point? Like he's just he's like, he's just be. offer after offer. And he's like, dude, he's just like showing his friends. He's like, dude, look at this or whatever. Like, like, dude, it's a flex at that point. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, not everyone's doing that. He probably, they just ca- they just kept coming in after the clips were blowing up and he was just buying into it, you know? Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. I would be too if you. He know, was probably on the phones all day, just like yeah, college coaches. Being a top recruit would be so weird. Like you have all these people just obsessed with you and trying to impress you. Yeah, I don't know. And like the end, like the all the mail you get too. Like it would just be so much. I've seen like TikToks <laughs> where it's just like stacks of like like for the D one athletes. Like you know, if you're an athlete or whatever, you just get some random stuff or whatever. But like them just sucking up to you. Oh yeah, you know. So yeah, it all happened within a couple weeks span of him really just getting onto the national spotlight. But after that, he was really popular and his play kept going into his junior season. Um, he This is kind of when the um, Bronny James, BJ Boston, Zaire Williams came to town. I was actually going to go to this game, um, but was in Tampa for the Outback Bowl. Yeah. Um, and so Minnehaha, if you guys don't remember, played against Sierra Canyon at Target Center. And Sierra Canyon was like a top five to 10 team in the country. Like I said, they had BJ Boston and, and those guys. Um, and Zaire Wade still, he didn't get much. He wasn't that good. But Minnehaha just beat them easily. I think by 20 points. Obviously, they still had Suggs. But again, another nationally televised game. Chet's getting that attention. So that point... He was um he was super popular. Yeah. But um senior senior season was was no different. And this is kind of when we like already had our 
platform on TikTok. This is when we See, come into the picture. This is when we come into Chet's uh, career. Yeah, start off. Yeah, <laughs> but um, senior season during COVID, um, we went to we got to go to a lot of games. So, and he was, it was no different in senior year. Junior year was amazing. Senior year, it was incredible to watch him live. Um, pretty, I think we pretty much went to like almost every game that we could. Um, also, I forgot to mention junior year. Um, or he won a state title freshman, sophomore, and senior year. But on his senior year, all the games we went to, what stands out to you the most about watching that team, watching Chet? <sighs> I mean, watching the team, I mean, there's their starting lineup. I can't believe we're doing a whole podcast about Chet. I know, dude. But I, I honestly love this because just going to the Minnehaha games, probably one of the most fun experiences I've ever done. Every single game, there was just a bunch of highlights. You got to watch the the Miller brothers. You got to watch Hersey, yep. Mercy. What, who is Isaiah? Isaiah what? Isaiah Davis. Isaiah Davis, super underrated on the team. Yep. Prince of League Bay. And then obviously Chet Holmgren, those five right there. Basically, that was their starting lineup, right? Yeah. Their starting five was all D1 players, yep. I think. And Isaiah Donovan Miller. Smith was was injured the whole year, pretty much. He's he's a shooter on the team. Okay. He, was, he was that shorter kid. He was injured though. We didn't, I don't even think we got to see him play. He like came back just for the for state. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was. But yeah, they had a they had a starting lineup of all Division One basketball players, and then the best player in the country, and the. It just is. It's just crazy that the opportunity that Joe and I had to go to a mini haha game that's 15 minutes away, yep. being on the court filming them. I we never really had interactions with any of them. We did with Isaiah Miller's or it's Isaiah Miller, right? His cousin. Yeah. yeah his cousin recognized us, which was pretty cool. Um, but I remember there's like one interaction where I was like, I gave him, I gave him a fist bump. I'm like, let's go. I was like, let's go, boy. Oh he, he didn't say nothing. He just gave me a fist bump and lucked. And then didn't he say something to you at one point? Oh yeah. He, I uh, I was like filming and then like. I got a rebound during warmups and he was like, thanks, baby. <laughs> I was like, what? Do you talk like that? Oh, you kiss your mother with that mouth? That's so funny. It's so funny. But yeah, what's what stands out to me is, I don't even know. I feel like just how great of a team they were stood out to me more oh, than yeah. Chad, him, they Chad himself. Played because like- here's the thing too. Their team was so good that I feel like we didn't see Chet's full capability oh no yeah you're right i would say like hersey like hersey was like i would say hersey just was just as standout of a, of a player as chet holmgren i wouldn't say that maybe in terms of points but dude i loved watching hersey on, miller just i lo- loved hersey, yeah hersey's dude. good and he's gonna be going off at tennessee state if you yeah. guys don't know who hersey miller is he's one of the better um hbcu com- d1 commits in the country he might he's, be pairing up with emmanuel Yep. He he goes to Tennessee State. Emmanuel Hansel got his first D1 offer from there. Yep. Also, shoot, I don't know if uh Chris Livingston is a is a five star who was Tennessee State was in his top three. So that would be all super interesting. I don't know if he committed yet, but yeah, Hersey was good. But you're absolutely right. That team was incredible and they always played like um They played they played as a team. Yeah. Like it was never I mean, there were some times where Chet would just dominate. It was it was crazy. Like literally, there was a mismatch like every single time. He yeah. could literally get past the ball. You know, sometimes he would just you know they would get a good defender on him. It's a little more difficult, but he would just like throw up layups and yep. do these dunks that barely jump off the ground. He didn't really need to jump off the ground. But they played as a team. Like they all contributed. Chet wasn't like scoring like forty points every no. thirty forty It'd be points like 20, every 10, game. 10, and ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Up we almost, we almost, I forget one of the, his stat lines. One of the game was he was two. Insane. I think he was two. 
assist from a quadruple double. Yeah. And actually, speaking of quadruple doubles, I made this take on Strictly B-Ball. I do remember this. Before this, before Chet's senior year of high school, I said the next, and I was dead serious. I bet you were dead serious. I said the next NBA, the, the question was that I posed was, who's the next NBA player to record a quadruple double? <laughs> and I'm going to say this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to say right now, the next NBA player to record a triple double, I don't think it's going to be Jamon Green, who is two points away from doing it. I don't think it's going to be Ben Simmons or somebody like that. The next player in the NBA to record a quadruple double is Chet Holmgren. What do you think about that? I mean, I don't want to sound biased, but I think that's a pretty, it's not a bad take. It's not a bad take. I mean, he's never played in college. He's never played in the NBA, but you know, given. (laughs) He's never played a game in college. He's never played a college game, never played an NBA game. And we're making that take. But I mean. You agree. He's seven one with a seven foot five wingspan. He's the best rim protecting prospect since Anthony Davis. I think he can do it. I I just I'm just trying to think of another NBA player that could do it. I feel like Chet Holmgren. Chet can get the assist. He has the playmaking ability. I know. This is what's gonna happen. He's gonna go number one. He's gonna get drafted by a bad team. Within hopefully not the Pistons. I hate the Pistons anyways. Within three to four years, he's gonna record a quadruple double in the NBA. I, is it bad to say it won't shock me? It really won't shock me. I that mean, is a hot cool. take. <laughs> it is a very, very hot take. Because points are easy, rebounds are easy, blocks. He's probably going to be one of the better block machines in the NBA. Yeah. He's, he he has can a easily get wingspan. 10. Yeah. He can easily, he, his timing. What do you think he's going to play power forward, you think? Power forward or center. I mean, yeah. positions are. are four. Yeah. He. And I think the hardest thing will be assists. I think yeah. he can easily have multiple 10-block games. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, my no, gosh. But, but, yeah, I think he can. But he did record some quadruple doubles in high school. Um, but what stands out to me was just, honestly, his defense. Uh, like, so many it's blocks. barely even like defense. It's literally just like defensive highlights. Like he's, he would just swat people. Oh yeah. Like just, he would glass people. He would throw the ball into the fourth row. Like he was incredible to watch on defense. Uh, I think also just like his, he's just, we're just lucky that he was probably one of the more intriguing prospects yeah. in a while. I mean, the way he plays as a seven foot one kid, and we could just drive the games every game, show up, sit or just stand right next to the court and watch yeah. him play. So it, I mean, it was shocking to watch, and I think he's gonna go number one. I mean, based off everything, I definitely think he should go number one. Comparing him to you know other, I mean, you what you have other prospects you you have in mind that could maybe go number I one d- or no? I do. I'm I'm kind of crazy. I'm already starting to research the 2022 draft. So but, well, that's not that crazy. Be, but before we get into that, um, I want to talk about one. I want to pose one more question. All right. I think it's not even a question. It's just a statement. All I right. think many, the mini haha team of 2020 or the year Chet's junior season is one of the best. I would say probably top 20. I'm going to say top 20 high school basketball teams of all time. Maybe yeah. even top 10. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, Jalen Suggs, 
Top five Fourth pick. overall pick? Fifth. Top five. Oh, he's the fifth. Fifth, yep. Top five overall pick. Chad Holmgren's probably going top five, too. Got Guaranteed, a bunch of he's going top five. Bunch of D1 guys. They won this. They Wait, junior year, he didn't win the state championship. COVID. because of COVID. Yep. It's because of COVID. They would have they would have won. They would have gone four. Almost, yep. They would have won the state championship. Chad would have got four. Oh my yeah, gosh, he would have had, had four. four championships in high school. But yeah, I completely agree with that. That's a very. Uh, that's because we. Odd I mean, statement. we talked about this on one of the other episodes. Um, we started naming teams that have had two top five picks. Yeah, we got. We didn't mention Miyaha. We did not. We did not. Montverde Academy. Yeah. Twice. Caden. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Twice. And then. Um, Chino Hills. Mm-hmm. And then Minnehaha Academy. Minnehaha is probably top 10. I would say top 10, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That's crazy. That's crazy. Representing Minnesota. Let's go. Minnesota basketball is so underrated. It is. This is such a biased podcast. <laughs> I but, know. This is so biased. But, but, it, but it's true. I know. I mean, you think about um, maybe not in the NBA right now. The talent is not super, super strong. I mean, Tyus... The Joneses um, were were honestly the Tyus Jones was like one of the better Minnesota players in the NBA for for a long time, but coming out of high school like recently, Jalen, Paige Beckers, yes, yes, I think Paige is going to be one of the better women's basketball players in the WNBA pretty soon. I mean, she right as she go, enters, right as she enters the league, she'll she's be one of the best players in the league. Yes, right away, she's insane. I mean, I think it was... I wish we watched her live. I yeah, really wish well, we yeah. did. She's yeah. so damn good, dude. You watch her... Fu- she would bust you, my ass, dude. She, her, would, she would fucking... 1v1, fucking... She would... She, and, like, and I feel like so people... Some people are just like, oh, like, you know, come... But, like, dude, she'll bust your ass, dude. Yeah. You have to be really good to beat Paige Beckers. She's 100%. so good. She's I think so good. She, I mean, she hoops... She's been hooping with dudes her whole life. Like, she... Facts. She, she open runs with, like, Chet and all those guys... But Paige, Jalen, and Chet in a two-year span. Now we're—I mean, now we're talking three top five picks because True. you know you know she's going to be number one. <laughs> she was the best player in call in in college basketball last year as a freshman. So and they got to wait. Too. Minnesota, how long do they have to wait? I think they have to go. I think they have to go four years, <sighs> which is wrong. Yeah, that sucks. That's so dumb. That is that she could easily dumb. just. Go straight to the I cannot remember who it was. It was one of the better players in the WNBA. Said, I think somebody quoted was quoted saying she's like one of the best. She's already one of the best women's basketball players in the world, and she's not yeah. in the WNBA. That's a problem. Yeah, you know. But yeah, Minnesota high school bas- Minnesota basketball is on their eyes. We're and representing. You already know. Yep. So yeah, no. Joe and I aren't representing, but you guys get the point. <laughs> Joe and I definitely aren't representing, but you guys um, get the point. Yeah. So yeah, Minnehaha is one of the best high school basketball teams of all time. Um, but you asked me about other twenty twenty two. Yeah, because you were saying, Chet, you know, both you and I are kind of saying he should go number one. Do you have any? And you kind of meant you hinted at it. Like I'll give you the prospects. Run, I'll give you the rundown on all of these guys. All right, I'll give you three guys. Okay. This 2022 class, NBA draft class, is the year of big men. Last year, there was very few big men. I think there was one big man drafted in the lottery. This year, it's pretty much the year of big men. Um, I think Chet's number one player. I think the number two player is Paulo Boncaro. 
I think it's Boncaro. It might be Boncaro, but I think it's Boncaro going to Duke. Six foot ten. Um, perimeter skills super big. Like he looks like an NBA vet body wise. Like okay. he's two hundred and forty pounds, six ten. Very okay. opposite of Chet. Um, not a super great athlete, but basically six ten can do it all. I would picture him as like a bigger Jabari Parker if he like panned out, if he was good. He's kind of like a Julius Randle. Okay. That's Paulo Boncaro. I think he's going to go number two, or he's the number two guy going into this college season. Um, And then we got um, Jalen Duran, who is Imani Bates' high school AAU teammate um, going to Memphis. He could, be, he could be up there. Just super good athlete, young, because he reclassified. And then the top international prospect is also super interesting. Um, I did a video about him. I don't know if you saw it, but his name is Yannick Zosa with an N at the start. Okay. Um, and he's basically producing in in Europe at a... His production in Europe is comparable to only... Now, granted, he's a completely different position, but in terms of like playing time and scoring and other stats... Only comparable to Luka Doncic and Ricky Rubio at the same age. So that's very impressive. Yeah. Very so that impressive. those are some of the other guys. And Yannick Zosa is like just an absolute freak of nature defender. He's an incredible defender. He's gonna be a seven footer that can guard on the perimeter, has an extremely high motor, and apparently only started playing basketball like four or five years ago. So he definitely has a lot of room to grow. But those are some of the other guys. I think that's the top three. They're all big men. Or that's the top four with Chet at number one. But yeah, that's my thoughts. Early thoughts on the 2022 class. Um, and I think the best guard in that draft is Jaden Hardy, who's going to the G League. And he has to live up to uh the hype of, or the the footsteps of um Jalen Green. So we'll see how he he's taking that same path. But yeah. And then um at the top of this podcast, I think I called Chet the best NBA draft prospect in the world, right? I'm not 100% sure, but I think I, I definitely, I th- definitely could see yourself saying that. Um, I think it's true, but Victor <laughs> Webanyama has, oh, a, has a very good case. I think they're kind of similar they almost. Are. They're very similar. Both good rim protectors. Both, both can shoot it. Yeah, both can shoot the ball. Both super tall. Um, but yeah. Victor Webanyama is going to be the number one pick the, the next year 2023 um and i think him and chet are the best prospects in the world but yeah that's chet's gonna be going number one and um i think he deserves it that's gonna do it for episode six of the strictly b-ball podcast thank you guys for watching make sure you're following us on all socials at strictly b-ball on twitter instagram and tiktok and subscribe on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Leave a comment or a review. I appreciate you guys watching. We'll see you next time.